1: there was a time I had trouble talking about it, congratulate them we know they doubted, somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall, never quit, traversing through each obstacle, show a non-believer what's possible, let nothing they can do stand, in between me and my wildest dreams, let's go. Nothing that come at us, could come in between, life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green, we've been down in the dirt. Been tossed in the trash, but I never stray from my path. When we gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and
2: some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is the first official feel-good Friday of the fall season, baby. Seth Woolcock, and Nate Polvo delivering the vibes for you this weekend as we head into an exciting NFL week three. Nate, my friend, how are you today? Have you got out those pumpkin spice lattes, broken out the flannels yet?
1: I will never ever drink a pumpkin spice latte tried one last year for the first time it was awful um actually today's supposed to be in the 80s after a couple of rainy days oh. so a nice friday it's gonna be a nice weekend we're gonna take jackson bike riding this afternoon we bought new bikes we're probably all gonna fall over it's gonna be a great afternoon
2: glorious my friend glorious to hear that um also a glorious football game last yes. night over on prime
1: video how are you enjoying the jeff bezos nfl experience you know we just watched the standard broadcast but the standard broadcast has been awesome i really like al michaels and kirk herb together i think they're a great duo the pregame stuff is fantastic man ryan Fitzmagic magic is just oh yeah i love him i love him i uh, overall dude it's a great i really love the broadcast
2: Yeah, it's electric. I've been tuning into that all 2022 format um, where they show all the players. It's awesome over there. It's really good if you're like sweating out a couple bets or some fantasy lines like (laughs) I usually am. So I have been enjoying that. But Nate, today we have an absolutely loaded show. Great to see Jen in the chat already. Toronto, Dave, how you doing? Keep it moving, guys. Tonight, we got Thursday night football recap. We're going to talk Nick Chubb, Deontay Johnson. Is it Kenny Pickett time in Pittsburgh? Is that what we're hearing? i think so i
1: I think we might be yes
2: yeah more on that here here in a little bit and then we have simon from the fyf crew going to be joining us for some start sits so if you guys have any questions throughout the show start sits trade advice anything you need let us know drop it in the chat we'll get to that with simon and then we have a kosh joining us a young man who is really taking this industry by storm and i'm really excited to hear from him as we do some sure things sleepers of the week nate
1: Yep. i uh, love to have these guys on, man. Simon, good friend of the show. We're a good friend of their show. This, is be, this will be a good one.
2: Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the Thursday night football action. Browns, they take it from the Pittsburgh Steelers, 29-17. to 17. If you were like me and a couple other people, you walked away from that game very frustrated with the last play. Uh, people were riding a Steelers 7.5 line, and then on the last play of the game, defensive touchdowns for the Browns takes... All, all the bets a lot of people had a super boost going very very sad to see but overall it was a pretty clean game Nate other than that no turnovers in this one Steelers just couldn't make it happen on third and fourth down one for nine on third down and would not go for it on fourth once however the Browns six for 16 Nate on third down they got it done Jacoby Brissett accurate there accurate for three for four on fourth down as well and they dominated this time of possession Nate
1: Yeah, they did. Cleveland looked looked oddly efficient with Brissett. Brissett looked clean. He looked smooth. He ran that offense well. Now, are they going to beat a lot of teams playing that level of game? No, not really. But Pittsburgh is a team that they can beat, especially without TJ Watt. That defense just isn't the same without Watt at all. I think what was interesting was that Trubisky wasn't terrible, but he just like there's nothing. There's no sparks in that offense, and I think that's what we saw last night. There's just. It's plain vanilla, boring, and they need to do something. I think Pickett might be the answer to that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with the Brown side of the ball here, Nate. Nick Chubb, 17.3 PPR points for him on 23 rushing attempts, 113 yards and another tutty for Nick Chubb. Goes in on fourth down, saves a lot of people's, uh, uh, whether it's a touchdown score or your fantasy lineups with that touchdown. Next three up for him, Atlanta, the Chargers, and New England. Nate is Nick Chubb close to the RB one overall in fantasy right now. He is obviously scoring wise, but in your eyes, what other running backs would you take over him at
1: this point? The one thing that concerns me is that Nick Chubb doesn't get the passing volume that some of these other running backs do, like a DeAndre Swift, where you're adding five to six points a game just on receptions. Otherwise, I really like Nick Chubb. I think that these are decent matchups heading forward, Atlanta and New England especially, Um, though New England has been kind of stingy against the run, so that could be a challenge for them. But overall, I mean, you're not going to argue with 113 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's a solid RB1, RB2 performance. Who am I taking over him? Probably DeAndre Swift, yep. Jonathan Taylor, because I believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to rebound CMC if they can figure him out in that offense. I have concerns there, though. He's just not gelling with Baker Mayfield. Austin Eckler, I'm a little worried about, too. I mean, he got late game passing volume, but if they're not behind, is he going to see that kind of PPR value that we've seen in years past?
2: So rest of season, we're probably thinking right now, Nick Chubb, RB5, RB6. Yeah, somewhere in that range. One. But still, yeah. for the value you got him in drafts, hats off right. to you if you got him. Kareem Hunt on the night, Nate, 9.1 PPR performance, 12, 12 carries, 47 yards, 3 for 14 through the air. That's a Kareem Hunt stat line to me. You, know? you, you could maybe want a little bit more, maybe a touchdown. But to me, I think that's about what you can expect from Kareem Hunt. And for a floor for an RB2 on a team, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And that is, that's what we're going to get out of cream hunt. It's historically proven on this team and that's fine. That RB two floor is great out of him. He adds a touchdown even better, but you don't need that touchdown out of him. He's getting enough other work.
2: Yeah. And through the air, the Browns were also pretty good. Nate, Uh, 11 targets for Amari Cooper here. He goes seven for one Oh one and one, 23.1 PPR game or point game for Mr. Cooper here. Witherspoon for the Steelers cornerback, absolute trash. Get him off the field. He could not even keep up with him at times. Um, Amari Cooper looked really good, but to me, this was more just how bad that Steelers secondary is outside of Minka Fitzpatrick and Edmonds um, at safety positions. And then Dave Njoku, our guy Mike Stoyanov. Yes. He's been pouting uh, Njoku all summer long. It finally came true. I hope he had him in his lineup still because he goes 9 for 89 and 1. 23.9 PPR points for Dave Njoku here, Nate. He's available in 77% of leagues as well. So not a lot of people started him, but those who did, it paid off.
1: Yeah, you know, preseason, I wrote him up as someone I thought could sneak into those top five tight ends by the end of the season, just because the talent's there. And I know they've got Harrison Bryant. We didn't see a lot of Bryant last night. We saw almost no Harrison Bryant last night. It all went to Njoku. I really want to see this trend continue, and I think he played well enough last night in what he showed. He can be a sneaky, like, flex play rest of season.
2: I completely agree with you, Nate. Um, Dave Njoku is intriguing at the tight end position. Now let's talk about the bad, because there's a lot of it from the Pittsburgh offense once again here in Week 3. And it starts with Mitchell Trubisky. 20, 20 completions on 32 attempts, 207 yards for Mitch. He has one touchdown through two weeks, though, Nate. It just doesn't look like... You can blame Matt Canada if you want. Some of these play designs have been bad. Deontay Johnson had a bad drop on a long ball. Um, But overall, man, Mitch just seems like he gets out of rhythm early and he can't do much after that.
1: Yeah, like I was saying earlier, he's a pretty vanilla quarterback. You know what you're getting with him. There's no real rushing upside. He can run. He doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He's not super accurate. He made some terrible throws last night where you wondered, what were you doing? It wasn't even remotely close. He's not great under pressure. Uh, I, it makes me not excited about any of the pass catchers in this offense as long as he's a quarterback. We got burned on Friermuth last night. Didn't even get targeted until the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, it was a tough one for, for Friermuth owners. Hopefully it comes back around if we can get Kenny Pickett in the game. If you were a Deontay Johnson manager last night, you were pretty happy, though. Eight receptions, 84 yards on 11 targets. Could have been more. Could have been more from DJ. He did drop that one long ball. Um, but overall, I mean, Deontay Johnson's a receiver you can expect somewhere between, I think, 12 and 16 fantasy points per game. No TDs so far this season, so I think he does have some positive TD regression coming, Nate. Um, but really, it's him and Najee Harris are the guys I feel confident rolling out every every single week here. And Najee, it's even, you know, it's hit or miss. He's only scored uh, max 14 PPR points this season, and that's been on the back of some TDs.
1: Yeah, he hasn't run well, but – this offensive line's bad, too, and that's going to cause problems. They're worse than they were last season. I, I like Deontay, and yeah, it could have been more, but that 16 points, that's great to get out of him. And I think that, you, like you said, you can consistently see that the rest of the season. Claypool's cooked. I, I just can't see him being relevant. Unless we get Kenny Pickett, getting Kenny Pickett in that offense does change a lot of this.
2: Agreed. I think it's a wait and see from what the Pittsburgh Steelers can do. GP, our guy, George Pickens, absolute dog. Once again, that yep. was a great one hand and catch from him. But until we see otherwise from these Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Johnson, Najee, you're rolling out those guys. It's kind of a cross your fingers type with the other ones. Um, but, Nate, let's go ahead and move to our week three uh, slate here. We have an awesome guest coming on for matchup management. So let's go ahead and jump into that. And just a reminder, guys, if this is your first time over here at the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, we have feel-good lifestyle advice coming with fantasy sports advice seven days a week between here and our website, inbetweenmedia.com. So please, easiest way to support us over here, give us a subscribe, give this video a like. Nate, let's head into some matchup management.
1: Let's <laughs> do
2: who you got got. match
0: up management who's it gonna be? be
2: right Who's it going to be? That's what we're going to tell you here in matchup management. If you guys have any start, sit questions, trade advice questions, please drop them in the chat and we're going to be sure to get them. But first, Nate, let's go ahead and introduce our first guest of Feel Good Friday here as the fall season kicks off. And this is a man who has become one of our best friends in the industry. Him and his team over there at Front Yard Fantasy. They not only bring you entertainment, uh, just absolute great fantasy advice each and every day over there. But they just bring such positive vibes as well, my friend.
1: Yeah, it's true. I was just on with him on Tuesday. I lost, which is Simon's fault. I'm sure of it. There's actually a little dispute, but we'll ask Simon what he thinks about (laughs) that.
2: Let's go ahead and bring him in, guys. This is Simon from Front Yard Fantasy. What's up, Simon? How's your Friday?
3: What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Seth, you mentioned... you guys have become some of our best friends in the space. And that's absolutely true. Like it's been just an unbelievable pleasure getting to uh, getting to work with everybody over at IBT. And as your team grows, it's like every time you add someone, I'm like, wait, I love them too. Like a- every person you're adding to the team, it's all people I love. And uh, I always love coming over here and hanging out with you guys. And Dave, I God, I love Dave with the team. Simon always in forever, always coming in with that for me. Absolutely. Simon, how's your guys' season been at FYF, man? You guys seem busy over there it's good it's busy but that's part of the fun right like the season kicked off and now we're sprinting for six months but it's that sprint that we love like it uh it feels good it feels good to wake up every day know that there's football coming have that stuff to look at i'm not pouring over the same like um if the off season went any longer i might have tried to like marry darnell mooney and i'm glad that the season's <laughs> back on track now and i can like just come back down to earth like uh, on some of these things it's fun seeing all that work we did in the off season come to fruition now right yeah
2: I absolutely agree. I think if there was any more offseason, Nate and I would have just had to box it out over our Cole Komet stances. Um, (laughs) We completely agree with you there, man. Um, What's new with you guys this year? I I know you guys are over there at FanDuel doing some stuff. I know you've kind of gotten a
3: little bit of a morning show in there as well. Yeah, so things have changed pretty big for us. Last season, um, if anybody was hanging around, we were doing a daily game show at 3 p.m. We've changed our schedule this year. Now we have a morning show. Um, Myself, Jail, and Coop, Coop Fiasco are on Every morning on the Better Sports Network from 7 to 10 a.m. for the Front Yard Fantasy Morning Show. So we're waking up bright and early and talking football and nonsense for three hours every single day. A lot of hog talk over there. A lot of Grimace talk. The Grimace Gang's representing. Um, Outside of that, yeah, we're doing our game show on Tuesdays as well. Nate came on as a guest 3 p.m. on Tuesdays now. And then we've got our FanDuel show. So on Thursdays, we have our uh, Front Yard Fantasy Hour, which is we're playing more games over on the FanDuel YouTube channel. And on Sundays, we do our Sunday night recap before Sunday night football. After those 4 p.m. games, if you're looking for someone to break down some fantasy games, uh, we're in there doing that.
2: There you go, guys. You know where to find him. He's over at Front Yard Fantasy on YouTube here. Give them a subscribe as well. Good to see so many people in the chat today. We got Toronto Dave. We got Lucius calling us uh soldiers. Good to see you again as well, Lucius. Um, Craig in the chat. We got Jen Peaked in high school. So many good names today. We appreciate all <laughs> you guys. Again, if you do have any start sick questions for Simon and ourselves, please let us know. Simon, let's start here with the quarterbacks, though, because it it has been kind of a doozy if you didn't have one of these top guys that like second tier of QB ones has not really performed here. But can they bounce back starting with Kirk Cousins against the Lions coming off a three interception game for Cousins? Can he bounce back against Detroit?
3: Absolutely. Like if you have Kirk Cousins on your team, you should have zero qualms about starting him in this game. I want to be look at the matchup. The Lions have been moving. Like, the Lions have actually been moving the ball. That offense is good. Like, like that offense is a good offense in the NFL, an above-average offense, and I think they're yes, going to be able to get it done against the Vikings, but I don't think they're necessarily going to be able to stop Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Like, Kirk Cousins is going to eat in this game, and he's going to have to because the Lions are going to get it done against them as well. This is a week where I'm I'm full go-ahead on plugging Kirk Cousins into your lineup. JL would love to hear that. It's his favorite player in the NFL. <laughs> Nate, you've come around to Kirk Cousins this season.
2: Pretty bad game on Monday Night Football, but that's kind of primetime Kirk Cousins. Exactly. We we get early game Kirk Cousins this week. Are you in with Simon?
1: So, historically, when Kirk Cousins has a stinker in the primetime like he had against Philadelphia, which is 10 times out of the 12 times it's happened for him, he comes back with a force the next week and just blows it out of the water. And like Simon said, they're going to have to move the ball in this game to have a chance against the Detroit offense that is good. Like, wow, out of nowhere. Who knew? So this team's going to have to move it, and that's going to be Kirk Cousins throwing to Justin Jefferson. He's the biggest weapon on that offense. They're going to have to utilize him. You should roll out Kirk Cousins and not even worry about it. If he's your QB1, don't, don't think twice.
2: Okay, okay. So we're getting a confidence boost from Nate and Simon over here with Kirk Cousins. We have a first question of the day as well, guys, here from Lucius. The same guy is blowing up his phone this morning. He wants J-Rob and Marquise Brown for Derrick Henry, half point PPR, folks. He also has Fournette as well. Um, he's saying Henry scares him, but he could get an RB1 here for
3: James Robinson and Marquise Brown. Simon, where do you go with this one? Give me King Henry. Throw, throw King Henry on my lineup. I'm all about consolidating assets and fantasy. I mean, we we talked about this a bit on the morning show today. As the season goes on, my risk tolerance for consolidating assets goes up. Like the closer we get to the playoffs, the more willing I am to trade some depth pieces for some superstars on my team. But in a move like this, where you're giving up J Rob, a guy you drafted potentially in double digit rounds and Marquise Brown, a hoped for wide receiver too, that hasn't quite shown that yet right now. Right. That's a no brainer in my eyes. You got to make that move.
1: So guys, I think we have this backwards. He would be giving up J Rob. Oh, yeah, Yeah. okay, no, I get it. Yes, yes, yes. it's Demaragino now backwards. Simon, I'm with you. Uh, Derrick Henry's going to come back around. James Robinson, as fantastic as he's been, still had that Achilles injury last season. We don't – something could happen. It concerns me. And Marquise Brown, we don't – once DeAndre Hopkins is back. but Derrick Henry, he's going to come back. It's not even a concern for me.
2: Yeah, I mean the Titans' offense, they have been pretty putrid here early on. But I think one thing they can do is get Derrick Henry cooking. He hasn't really had any big fourth quarter runs. I'm absolutely with you guys. I'm smashing the accept button on this. Anytime you can get a solidified RB1 hog like Derrick Henry, you have to do it. J. Robin, Marquise Brown, to me, I mean, they're fine players. I'm not excited to start Hollywood Brown any week, honestly, at this point. And J-Rob's okay. So, uh, guys, I think we closed the book on that one. Let's go ahead and move to another question here from our good friend, Mr. Scampers. Good to see you this morning, Scampers. Half PPR, Adam Thielen in that tough matchup, or in that matchup, or Christian Kirk against Chargers secondary? Whoo! So, I will start this by saying Thielen is my start of the week at the wide receiver position. However, Christian Kirk, guys, is an absolute dog. It feels like the money followed him. The PPR points followed the money in this one. I'm going with Christian Kirk here. Um, I don't really care about the Chargers secondary. I know it's good, but I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to lock on to him once again here in week three. Nate, how do you feel about this one?
1: So I'm actually going to say Thielen in this one because, well, there's two reasons. One, because Thielen at some point during the season turns into a touchdown hog. This would be a good game for him to do it. I think he can. Yes, sir. But two, I have concerns with Christian Kirk against that secondary, but I also have concerns with Trevor Lawrence going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Jacksonville's offensive line has been better than expected, but still not great. They're a young line; they're not cohesive. And if he's running for his life all day, he's not going to be able to get the ball downfield to Christian Kirk. We're looking at a J. Rob and probably Evan Ingram heavy day.
2: I completely agree with you that with you there, Nate, about what the game flow could be. Simon, split us though down here in the middle. Which way are you saying Scamps goes here?
3: And this one's tough. And, and Christian Kirk is one of those players who like. All offseason, I'm calling him the $20 million man. And then how many times did I draft him? None. Like, like, I was halfway there on the process, right? Like, I was talking about the money. I just didn't end up following it. And it looks like they're using him like he's worth $20 million down there in Jacksonville. I expect that to continue. Christian Kirk is a player that I didn't expect to be in this must-start category for me. But unless you're top three receivers, you're looking at, like, you drafted wide receiver early. And you've got, like, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and Jalen Waddle as your third guy. Kirk's probably sneaking his way into your lineup. I just trust the volume there in Jacksonville. Like Through two weeks, it looks like he's Trevor Lawrence's guy. And I think enough is going to go that way that I'll plug Christian Kirk in. I don't hate the Adam Thielen call, though, because you're right. If I had to pick one of these guys to score a touchdown this week, I'd put my money on the Thielen side. But I think you're going to get a slightly more consistent result out of Christian Kirk plugging him in week in, week out.
2: Yeah, higher floor there for Christian Kirk with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's another question from Katie Mess. Good to see you this morning, Katie. Um, hi, guys. Currently have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson as my flexes, going double commanders. I like going double commie there. Uh, but he want, she wants to bring Drake London into her lineup here. What uh, what sh- should she do with these Washington wide receivers here, Simon, going between Terry McLaurin and Jahan? Who do you bench out of those two?
3: Man, I think right now, I think right now you bench Jahan Dotson this week, like, like this early in the season with the role that he's playing in that offense. I still think it's Jahan Dotson that you got to have on the bench. Terry McLaurin for the time being, at least I think is the wide receiver one, even though he's being out targeted on that team right now. But I just believe in that talent, believe what he's doing. Jahan Dotson is making incredible plays out there, but his usage isn't quite where we want it to be yet. Right? Like he's not on the field quite enough for it to be that like consistent receiver. Um, Sorry, but I man, this is tough because you get that upside from Jahan Dotson, right? Like it, it's it's pure upside. You could have another right. two touchdown game from him. Terry McLaurin, it feels like that upside is seriously capped right now. So maybe there's the answer to my question. I have Terry McLaurin ranked higher this week, and I like in a vacuum, I'm starting Terry McLaurin. Look at your matchup, especially after Thursday night. Maybe you went up against the Browns defense, right? Like maybe the Browns defense just put you in a hole early with that late touchdown, right. um, right. and and you're down then Jahan Dotson might make sense because if one of these guys is going to bring in two touchdowns, the way they're using Jahan Dotson right now, he's going to be the guy that does it, not Terry McLaurin. But if you just need that safe 10 to 12 point kind of guy, Terry McLaurin's the dude.
2: Okay. So Simon's saying, go Terry McLaurin here to Katie. Get your Penn State fix tomorrow. We have a game. We're going to be at that game right down the street. So uh, get your Penn State fix there is what Simon's saying. When it comes to the pro ball, put in McLaurin. Nate, where do you lie on this one? Terry has been underperforming once again here in 2022.
1: Well, he's been underperforming and matchup concerns me because he's probably gonna be blanketed by Darius Slay most of the game. And we've seen how good Darius Slay has been this season and Carson Wentz. I think it's going to be Dotson who gets more volume than he's seen so far this season, just because of the situation. So I'm benching McLaurin.
3: Okay. I did, um, I did misspeak on something there. I said that Dotson wasn't on the field enough. He's been on the field pretty consistently. It was 99% of snaps yeah. last week. Just want to make sure I corrected that. My apologies, guys.
2: Hey, no worries at all, man. Simon. I, I Man, this is a tough one, but I'm going to have to go with Simon here. I'll probably play Terry. I think it's just a little more upside. I think she is playing her audio editor in the back end right now, Kyle. So, uh, Kyle, I hope this doesn't screw you over this weekend, but uh, I'm going to have to tell the girlfriend to go go with Scary Terry here. Simon, we have a question specifically for a matchup against you. Um, Let's see this one. Peaked in high school asking to pick a flex against you miles sanders or antonio gibson so it could be sabotage it could be really sincere advice here which way do you go simon
3: well it could be both it could be really sincere advice and sabotage i have uh sometimes Ooh. my takes don't hit right there i i could i could do my best here alex and it could still end up being sabotaged to you this one's um again we're getting some good questions in here they're not, not making it easy antonio gibson going up against philly miles sanders obviously the other way around going up against washington I'm probably starting Antonio Gibson. He's getting the work, at least until Brian Robinson is back in this offense. Like, Antonio Gibson's getting the touches. Um, I don't expect them to be down in this game. I do think this is going to be a competitive game between the Eagles. It seems like the Eagles are playing competitive games. They're scoring at will. Um, Expect this one to be close. And with that being said, Gibson should maintain his role in that offense, right? It's when they get down that J.D. McKissick maybe comes in and takes over. Uh, So I'll start Gibson.
2: Yeah, I think there might be a little higher of a floor for Gibson. Sanders has been great. Once again, another Penn State guy for us there. Hashtag we are, baby. Um, But – yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's tough because I can always see Sanders kind of getting written out of the game script a little bit. It's kind of harder with Gibson. He's been on the field quite a bit. Um, Nate, I know you love JD McKissick. You kind of have a r- little bit of a relationship over there with him, honestly. Maybe an affair if I want to call it that. Um, but uh, wh- where, do you <laughs> where do you roll here with the
1: RBs? I'm going to go with Gibson because I can see I can see Sanders getting written out of the game script. It's going to happen eventually. There's no way this volume for him continues. I think that this is a week where we see Gibson outscore Sanders.
3: Okay. Yeah. Sanders Bob. should be getting all that work. Sanders is he should. Every time he touches the ball, I'm like, do, that. do that
1: again. But you know, it's going to happen. All of a sudden it's going to be Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. Dumb. Stupid. It is dumb, but it's going to happen.
2: Here's a question from Dave fellows. Uh, 12 team PPR can only start one DJ Moore, Daryl Henderson, AJ Dylan. He also has Michael Pittman. If healthy, um, I'm going to say right now, if Pittman's playing, he's got to be in your lineup this week yep. out of these three guys. I mean, this is no secret, Nate, you probably know where I'm going to come from. So you can go ahead and take it, man.
1: Oh, I'm saying AJ Dillon. Thank I think you. he's just going to get more volume. I don't trust DJ Moore because I don't trust Baker Mayfield. And I mean, Daryl Henderson's in a committee, so I'm never going to start him. Sorry. Unless it's Daryl Henderson or. Anyway,
3: or Cam Akers, the other or guy. Cam Akers, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then maybe you'd start him. Um, I want to say DJ Moore. Everything in me wants to say DJ Moore, right? Like, I mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite players. I expect him to have a decent season, but with that matchup against the New Orleans Saints that we just watched shut down Tom Brady in the first yes. half of that game. I'm scared about a Baker Mayfield who's only been in Carolina for six weeks and hasn't looked great so far. Like, man, I, I just don't think he's gonna be able to get the ball out to his receivers in this game. It's gonna be tough sledding for Carolina. So DJ Moore's out. It's, it's AJ Dillon. It's, it's AJ Dillon for me as well.
2: I a hundred percent agree with you guys. And you know, whether I've been a DJ Moore hater or not, I'm going to put that aside here. Like this really is a Panthers offense that passing the ball is struggling. They're averaging just over 150 yards per game. They're a bottom three passing offense going up against a top 12 passing defense here. And the one thing that always like kept DJ Moore afloat and you made you start him every week is he was a target hog. Yeah. Those days are gone, man. I don't know if they're gone forever, but he has had back-to-back games with six targets. The last time he had six targets in a single game was 2020. So he went the whole entire season last year, always seeing seven-plus targets. Now his target share is going down a little bit. The passing volume in general is going down. Our guy Matt Rule's got something, you know, he's got a a hot seat right now. I don't know if he figures it out right here, guys.
3: No, I mean DJ Moore average more like almost 10 targets a game last season it was like like 9.6 or something ridiculous like that and now we're looking at a 102 target pace as opposed to a 163 target pace that we saw last season like it's a big difference you're, you're right seth it's not the same dj Moore usage we've seen i agree sad sad dj Moore fan
2: <laughs> i'm sorry simon maybe this question from craig will cheer you up what's up craig good to see you this morning no. <laughs> you need to start a fourth wide receiver in ppr jacoby myers Traylon burks Or Robert Woods? And I will say right now, normally, I think most weeks, I would say Burks. However, Jacoby Myers, guys, he has a great matchup here. Um, It it is Mac Jones. It is the Patriots. But it is a very intriguing matchup for Jacoby, I think.
3: This is close for me between those two guys. Oh, sorry, Nate. No, go ahead, Simon. This is close for me between those two guys. I wish the answer was Robert Woods. I drafted a ton of Robert Woods believing that he would be the wide receiver one here in Tennessee. But it's not looking like that's the case. Uh, Adjust and move forward. Traylon Burks looks better, but... Seth, I I usually wouldn't be the Jacoby Myers guy, but but I'm agreeing with you on this one. I think this is the week that you you rolled Jacoby Myers out there in this matchup against Baltimore. Um, see if this if Mac Jones can keep up with this Ravens defense. They're still a little bit banged up, not quite as bad as they were last week, but but we saw yeah. what the Dolphins did, right?
2: Yeah, people got a wide open against them, you know, whoever it was, was whether it was Mike Kasicki, those two wide wide receivers. Nate, you've been a Jacoby Myers stand for a while here. Uh are you closing the case on this one with us.
1: Yeah, it's Jacoby Myers. It's not even a difficult decision.
2: We, we are getting a, a message here. Uh, Myers has a knee injury. So something to keep in mind. Keep, keep you know up with your sleeper updates. Um, keep over with our guy, Deepak Krona, uh, on Twitter as well. He's a great medical expert. He can help you if there are some last-minute injury news. Um, last one here from Lucius for the day. Carson Wentz slash Pittman for Jalen Hurts and Brandon Cooks. I have Russell Wilson as my starter. I have the Wentz side. So he'd be giving up Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman for Jalen Hurts and Brandon Cooks. I love Jalen Hurts, man. But giving up Michael Pittman to downgrade a little bit to Brandon Cooks, that hurts a little bit. Simon, how do you feel about this one?
3: Yeah, in a in a one quarterback league, it's tough for me to trade positional value for these onesie position values, right? Yeah. Like I'm the guy I like to be on the I'm trading like maybe I've got Jalen Hurts and Tua, right? Like I drafted right. Tua late. I'm the guy who then wants to trade Jalen Hurts to upgrade at a skill position and start Tua all year. Not the person that wants to go out there and trade Pittman for Jalen Hurts, which is basically how I'm viewing this. Like this person probably doesn't need Carson Wentz as their starter. It's swapping some quarterbacks. Um, Man, yeah, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. There's too much value at the position in one quarterback leagues to give up Pittman for Cooks for, for a quarterback like Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't do this either. <clears throat> There's okay. no, I, I love Michael Pittman. I can't. I
2: couldn't yep. do it. Yeah, I agree. Michael Pittman could be a top 12 guy when he gets back from injuries here. Just wanted to remind everyone, seeing some new faces in the chat tonight. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you are, please give us a like and a subscribe as we move forward here. Guys, let's talk about some running backs. Brees Hall. I know everyone's saying to bench him. He was out-snapped mightily by Michael Carter last week, 61% to 29%. We even saw Ty Johnson get some run. How do you guys feel about him going up against Cincinnati? Tony Pollard looked great in the change of pace role last week. So does that give you any confidence here, Simon, with Brees Hall, the rookie RB1? Yeah,
3: how I've been viewing Brees Hall is that first week we saw him already involved in the offense, right? Whenever they had an established back in Michael Carter, someone who is good and the team already trusts. The fact that Brees Hall was getting work, like a lot of work, especially in the receiving game week one, makes me believe. Maybe there's some little hills along the way, but his general trajectory as the season goes on is he's going to become more and more and more involved. I'm not wildly scared of this matchup. I'm comfy, plugging Brees Holland, and each week that passes, I'm comfier and comfier. Thank you, sir.
2: Appreciate that. Nate, what do you say here?
1: Yeah, I say the same. I, everything that Simon said. He's going to get the work, and we saw what Pollard did against Cincinnati last week. I think he's a pretty solid play this week.
2: Man, I can you believe that like the Bengals, they could be going zero and three here if they lose this game. Absolutely wild! Like, talk about a Super Bowl hangover. Joey B and those guys might have it in Cincy. Well, I know, Joey um, can't
1: stay upright. That's, a, that's think, a problem.
2: You would think they could with all the the money they put in the offensive line too. It's it, it's absolutely crazy.
3: I fully bought into that offensive line being better. Like I had Joe Mixon as my RB three coming into this year, pretty much predicated on that offensive line being better. And like what we saw from him last year with a poor offensive line. Now it's not better. And you're right, Nate, Joe Burrow is just getting killed out there.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not pretty.
2: What about Rashad Penny versus the Falcons here, guys? The Falcons, their defense has come to play this season so far. They've actually been one of the better defenses all around as as far as yards are concerned, rush yards, pass yards. Almost pulling an upset off against the Rams last week. Rashad Penny is coming off a game where he only had six total touches. It looks like now that Kenneth Walker is back, that this is maybe a backfield you avoid. Nate, I know you've always kind of loved Rashad. Do you love him here in week three?
1: I don't. I think this is becoming a situation now with Ken Walker coming back and we've seen DJ Dallas usage for some reason. I think DJ, baby. Wants, he just wants to he wants to move it around, he wants to mix it up. I don't think there's gonna be enough consistent volume for Penny to really make him startable probably the rest of the season unless it's a flex play like situational or there's an injury somewhere.
3: I know it's I know it's early, but the Falcons, like you mentioned, like they've been the eighth best team against fantasy running backs through two weeks. They're giving up less than 10 points to the position on a weekly basis so far. And we're looking at a gross timeshare situation. I'm avoiding that backfield at all costs. I'm with you, Nate.
2: Awesome. Guys, let's go ahead and move into some wide receivers. We already talked a little bit about Adam Thielen here, but I just wanted to pump up again. Kirk Cousins last week, it really seemed like he came into that game hyper targeting Justin Jefferson. It did not pay off for him. Um, and, you know, really threw three picks here. It was kind of an ugly game for Kirk Cousins, but we, we've kind of talked about him targeting Thielen a little more, that maybe this is a, a Lions team that he can exploit, get in the end zone here. I'm sending Thielen if I have a single flex, two two flex league. I don't think you probably have a better option than Adam Thielen this week. I know it's been a slow start, but I'm going to trust the process with the trusty veteran here. Simon, are you with me as well?
3: Yeah, maybe not quite as bullish. Like I'm not sitting here saying you have to start him, but I I think this is a great place to start him. Like we mentioned earlier, we expect this to be a high-scoring game. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think Vegas expects this to be a high-scoring game as well. Uh, whatever we've got for this one. Yeah, they've got the over under 52 and a half points for this game. Yeah. So, so points are supposed to be scored in this game. And I'll take the guy who is maybe the best um end zone target on this team. Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. And uh, the lions are giving up just over 34 points to wide receivers so far this season through two games. If they're going to give that up or somewhere around that to this team, it's going to be to Jefferson. It's going to be to Thielen, pepper and KJ awesome, maybe a little bit.
2: Okay. But, All yeah. right. Guys, we have some, some questions from some new faces in the chat. How you guys doing today? Hope your Friday is feeling great. Half PPR, I got offered to trade away Chubb for Terry, Sutton, Gibson, and Brian Robinson. Holy holy cow. Okay, so this is an absolute monsoon of a package that he's getting back for Chubb. But still, like none of these guys really move the needle enough for me to give away what Nate, you and I just talked, you know, probably a top six, top eight RB rest of the way here. I like Sutton, but outside of that, I don't think there's enough value here. What do you
1: think, Nate? No, there definitely isn't. I mean, I like you said, I like Cortland Sutton, but we're going to need to see more of the Denver offense to see where his value actually lands. Gibson and Robinson are nice pieces, but it's just not Nick Chubb.
3: Unless your starting wide receivers are LaVisca, Chanel and John Ross. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I, unless you're like plugging Tyrion Sutton straight into that lineup over guys that are scoring zero to one point a week, like yeah. you just can't do this. I, I don't see any way that you're starting lineups necessarily better after making this move. And the other thing to consider four players on the other side, you got to make room for that. You got to make room for that. That's not yeah. just a trade that's chubbed for those four guys. There's right. three players. You got to drop potentially to make that room on your roster.
2: I completely agree. Manure, I don't even know. How do you pronounce that name there? Does anyone know, know how to pronounce Monir? okay. Monir. we help, hope we helped you. We hope you come back, subscribe to our channel. Uh, we hope to see you back in another show upcoming here. Guys, let's go ahead and move on to another new face in the chat. Toas T. What's up, Toas? Hope you're well, having no. a great Friday today. Hello. Should I start Montgomery, Edwards-Hilaire, Sutton, or Brown in the flex? Wow. Okay. So some really good options here for you. Simon, why don't you take this one away, man?
3: I I know you've always kind of been a little hesitant about some of these players on this list. It's obviously AJ Brown. I'm just going to make this an easy question and make that AJ Brown instead of Marquise Brown, which I think <laughs> it actually is, and then just skip the question. Out. No. I
1: went Noah Brown.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, there's AJ Brown. You know, there's lots of players with that last name. So maybe some clarification on that just so we know what we're doing there. But of these names... The one I feel most comfortable with is David Montgomery, and I know that maybe sounds a little bit odd with how the Chicago Bears' offense has looked so far this season, but David Montgomery's killing it. Like you look at some of these box scores, he's averaging like eight, nine yards of carry in some of these games. Like he is looking good on the ground, and the Bears need something, right? Like they need something to work. I'm hoping that they run this offense through David Montgomery this week, try to get something rolling, open up Justin Fields a little bit, and um, that, that's who I'd be starting out
1: of this bunch.
2: Okay. Okay. Nate, where do you roll here?
1: So I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week. They're going to run all over Indy. They're going to destroy this team. They're going to do a ton on the ground. They're not going to have to throw a ton. I think CEH, just on volume, uh, he could probably get 100 yards, have a 100-yard game against Indy. I hear what you're saying, Simon, that when when they're running Montgomery, he's efficient, but they're just not using him enough. And we're expecting Matt Aberflus to do something intelligent, He's shown he's a bad head coach. This guy isn't going to last in the NFL, yeah. plain and simple. And his game script is absolute trash. And he he just doesn't use Montgomery. Oh,
2: man, this this one's tough. Like if I'm looking at those RBs, I would almost say like I think Montgomery has a higher floor. But like Nate said, if the Chiefs do get up, we could see C H here and get some run in the later half of games. Um, man, but Cortland Sutton, can you really bench? I don't think we can bench bench Cortland sutton guys like it is a prime time game we don't know the health of jerry judy i think i'd roll sutton here so i don't know if we are very helpful um there to tell us (laughs) we were kind of all over the place simon after hearing what what nate and i think are you still kind of rolling
3: with monty you think yeah after listening to you guys i've changed a little bit and i'm still rolling with monty no um no but i i do think i i trust monty a little bit more than these other options sutton i'm I don't know that, that Denver offense scares me a little bit. I get, I get the spooks from that Denver offense um, in Russell Wilson. I, I need to see it. I need to see it work consistently a little bit more. The Chicago bears, whenever we're talking on the ground, right? We don't need Justin Fields operating at full capacity for David Montgomery to have a good week. And I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking, there's no way again, the bears can roll out the same offensive plan, right? There's no way they can throw the ball 11 times and still only give David Montgomery like 10 carries. There's, there's just no way, right? Like, Maybe I'm a fool, like fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you still, and then fool me three times, I'm just an idiot. That's the phrase, right?
1: <laughs> That's exactly
3: word yeah. for word. You nailed it. But they're going <laughs> to fool me three times.
2: Man, I understand, Simon, though. Like, like I've been a big proponent of the Denver offense all offseason, and it is spooky, like – I'm not to this point where I'm like spooked, like I just watched Saw or like a Freddy Krueger movie. Like I'm not on the level of like Halloween Town where I like to be with my offenses. You know, it's not a chill family movie. Cuddle up some hot cocoa and a a bowl of weed. You know, this is a a big one. So uh, yeah, I I worry about the Denver offense a little bit too. But man, Sutton is is too good. I think I think if Judy's out, you got to go Sutton. But if not, I understand the plays from both Nate here and Clyde Edwards Alaire. Well, Simon, we appreciate you, man. I know we didn't get through all of our lists, but I think we enter, we uh, answered some really good questions here for people in the chat. Um, we're going to answer some more questions here with our next uh, guest as well. But Simon, could you please tell us where and how we can best support you throughout the 2022 fantasy football season?
3: Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at FYF Simon. But more importantly, head over to our YouTube at Front Yard Fantasy on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. So you can find almost everything we're doing over there. All of our uh, Better Sports Network morning shows, we stream through there as well, our game shows. So make sure you run over there and subscribe to Front Yard Fantasy on YouTube. All right. Well, guys, you heard Simon. Go to Front Yard Fantasy. Open a new
2: tab first. Don't go away from this tab. Um, but open up that new tab. Go to FYF and subscribe. Support these guys. Simon, good luck to you, JL, Coop, and the boys over there this season, my friend. We hope to see you soon. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Always a treat. Absolutely. Take care, Simon. Good to see him. Guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into some Sure things, Sleepers of the Week. If you're new, please like, please subscribe, hang around with us. We're going to bring in a very special guest here right on the other side of this awesome draw.
0: It's the Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week.
2: All right, Nate. So we're going to bring in some youth to the show. Try and bring some energy back to it. Um, I know you have to deal with me, a 24-year-old, all the time, Nate. We're going to get a little <laughs> bit younger here if that's all right with you.
1: How oh, fine.
2: Right. <laughs> Guys, we're going to bring in a, uh, a young man who I first met him at the Fantasy Football Expo. And man, is this kid a ball of energy and a ball of knowledge. So let's go ahead and bring in YZR Fantasy, Akash. What's up, buddy?
0: What's up, man? How are you?
2: Good, how are you doing today?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
2: Absolutely. How was your Thursday night football? How is your weekend shaping up for you?
0: It was good. I uh, actually didn't watch the game because I Ooh. was getting dinner with my family, but I heard it wasn't that much to miss, so I'm okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, hey, that is that is very true. Akash, how's your fantasy season for you, man? What have you been up to since last time we saw you?
0: It's been going well. It's been going all right. I've been, you know, just making making the trades setting my lineups the way you do it. I got like 41% Saquon Barkley. So, so far I'm having a good season.
2: There you go. There you go, man. Glad to hear it. Well, we're going to get to our short thing sleepers of the week here very shortly. Um, I did want to bring up a question we have from a new face in the chat. F, just F, no other letters in his name. Bold, but I like it. Um, Do I trade away Cup, Chase Edmonds, Zeke, and Bateman for Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, and Keenan Allen? I'm just going to say no, like right o- right away, you you can't do this. You can't give away Cooper Cup and not get like a premier player back. I mean, Dalvin Cook's great and all, but I don't think you can do this. Akash, uh, uh, what do you think, my friend?
0: No, that's a horrible trade. Just hold on
1: to Cup. Oh. <laughs> it is. I oh, man, no it's
0: Cooper Cup. No, you dude, unless you're there. offering
1: me your firstborn, there's no way. I, w-
0: I would, you could take off Edmund, Zeke, and Bateman. I would still take Cup.
2: Yeah. I, yep. I completely agree. Uh, Akash, are you in college? Are you a college student or are you just hanging yes, out sir. at home? I'm in college. I'm in my dorm right now. Okay. Where do, you, where do you go to college at? Boston University. Oh, wow. You're a smart kid. All right. Yes, sir. All Thank right. You. What do you study up there?
0: Mechanical engineering.
2: Okay. Okay. So he's not only a fantasy analyst at the age of 19. He's also a mechanical engineering student. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, a, a little bit brighter than you and I, Nate, I'd say. Yeah.
1: I think you're the youngest and the smartest person on this show. How does <laughs> it feel, Akash?
2: Feels
0: great. Thank you, guys.
2: <laughs> and Akash, what do you like, like – tell me like – I always think like your vocabulary is very like – it's very Gen Z. It's very like cool and hip. Um, tell yes. me about like, like 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 every time I talk to you on Twitter, it's just bet. I get bet back <laughs> and I get the word mid a lot. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I bet is just like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. And then mid is just always funny to say. You say mid when something's mediocre, but you also say mid when something's bad. It's just absolutely great to say.
1: <laughs> I love a like, vocabulary lesson here so I can talk to my kid. effectively. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, a cautious vocabulary is not going to be around when Jackson's a teenager Nate. So it's going to no, be we're going would. to have all types of weird words when he's he's a teenager. So no. much to learn. When he's
0: a teenager, I'm going to be as lost as you guys.
2: <laughs> well Nate, why don't you go ahead and start us out here man with our uh, first shore thing sleeper of the week? I know it's a doozy.
1: Well, this is a one I'm this is a one maybe two week play depending on how things pan out in Tampa Bay. But I really like Cameron Bright this week. Julio Jones didn't practice yesterday. I haven't seen today, but I don't think he practiced today either. Chris Godwin likely isn't playing. We know Mike Evans is suspended. Who's he going to? Who's Tom Brady going to throw it to? Scotty Miller all day, and I don't know that he's going to see a ton of volume. He's only seen five targets on the season thus far, but I think he becomes a red zone option for Tom Brady this week against Green Bay in a game that Tom Brady really wants to win. Of course, who's his biggest rival right now in the NFC? It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So he's going to try and put up points, and I think Cameron Brait's a beneficiary of that in the red zone. Like I said, it's a one, maybe two-week play, but the dude's barely rostered. I mean, he's sitting at 1.3% on ESPN right now. So if you've got Julio Jones or you've got Mike Evans or you've got Chris Godwin, go out and get Cameron Brait and plug him into a flex.
2: Nate, you know I've been a Cameron Braid proponent mm-hmm. all offseason long, so definitely definitely an interesting call from you here, but it makes sense. Like if Cameron Brait doesn't show up this week, He's not going to show up this entire yeah, season. You can forget ha- about it. He hasn't got the targets that I thought he was going to. I didn't, had him projected for over 90 targets. I know our guy, Scott here on the show, he dogged me for that one. But I thought he was going to see the targets. Uh, Akash, how do you feel about Cameron Break this week? Is he mid or is he above mid for you?
0: Oh, he's very mid. He's been mid for his entire career. But, <laughs> I mean, shit, maybe he catches a touchdown, gets the end zone target. For a weekly play, I guess there's worse. There's probably better, but there's maybe worse. Okay. I don't know. It, okay. It's hard to get worse than Cameron Brady, but somewhere <laughs> out there, there's Adam Troutman floating around someone's bench. So
2: he's fine.
1: See Exactly.
2: That is true. And I want to address this comment here from F on that last question we, we talked about. He says, I don't know what to do. Cause I have Jonathan Taylor and cup, but so weak everywhere else. Basically my next best RB is chase Edmonds or Jeff Wilson. Like here's what I'm going to say to you. A, a couple pieces of advice F one. Don't trade one of these absolute studs just because maybe the rest of your lineup isn't completely built yet. It's going to get better throughout the the state of the season. And also like Jeff Wilson is a fine RB two right now. I don't think you need to panic with him as your RB two. You at least have him for the next couple of weeks before, um, before the starter comes back there. So And second thing I'll say to to you as well, F, subscribe to this channel. Come back on Tuesdays. Nate and I, we give you waiver wire advice. We give you uh, in-the-scope candidates so you don't actually have to spend a lot of fab on some of these guys as well, and you can get them a week ahead of the waiver. So that's kind of my best advice for F here. Nate, any other other things? He seems like he's worried a little bit, and he shouldn't be, baby, because it's Feel Good Friday.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you, you could be in a worse situation. You've got Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Jonathan Taylor is going to be fine. Work the waiver wire, man. Like Seth said, we've got some great stuff on Tuesdays where we can help you get through the waiver wire. We've got stuff all week trying to help you build your team and get better heading into the weekend. You just got to, you got to work for agency in the waiver wire. That's don't trade away Cooper cup, man. Just don't do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cause uh fantasy football winning in fantasy football is based off of the power law. So having, those two guys in your lineups who are going to finish like top three, top one at their position is so much more important than having a bunch of guys who are going to be wide receiver twos and RB twos because you can find and you can replace RB twos. That's how, That's the definition of finding value over replacement. If you have that value over replacement in those two players, you can fill the rest of your
2: starting spots with the replacement level and still win games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And F is saying, thanks. Thank you, F, for the for the great question. We hope we were able to help you a little bit out today. We hope you tune back in for another episode and the rest of this one as well. And guys, we have another new face in the chat today, Ronnie Daniel. What's up, Ronnie? Hope you're having an awesome Friday. as We head into week three here. What's good, fellas? Looking to go 6-0 and this week. Full PPR. I started Kareem Hunt last night. He has Cup and Amon Ross, St. Brown as his locks. Good looks on that one. Aaron Jones, CH, CPAP, Pittman. ETN need to Nate. Where do you go here? He's got some pretty good options here. Honestly, this is a pretty nice team.
1: I'm going Jones and Pittman. <clears throat> I even though they're playing Kansas City this week, I still think Pittman will get fed. He's going to see plenty of volume. And Aaron Jones, you can't not start him. I don't think if he's on your roster, you have to start him.
2: akash yeah.
0: I go with Aaron Jones and Pittman. And if Pittman misses, I would play Patterson. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm w- I'm with you guys 100. Except maybe I think I'd roll out CH. Just I think it's a little safer of a play. Nate, you kind of touched on it earlier. Positive. No, his strategy.
0: volume, his volume's not been great. He's been splitting the work with McKinnon.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're 100 right. A caution. We actually just featured McKinnon in an article on the site mm-hmm. that he is getting a lot of the snap share, but CH is getting some of those high valuable touches as well. So. You know, I think you can't go wrong with any of these guys, honestly. I, I love ETN too, but like I think he's a wait and see guy. But I, I think ETN is going to have some upside here at some point in the season as well. All right, Akash, why don't you go ahead and take it away here, man, with your Sure Thing Sleeper of the Week? Your first one here over at IBT.
0: Yes, sir. My Sure Thing Sleeper of the Week is Sterling Shepard. On the season, he has a 24% target share. target rate going up against Dallas this week. There's times where Daniel Jones just locks on to him because he's a pretty good wide receiver. Last year he had, I believe, like, last year he had a 26% target rate, 21% target share. He left some games early, so that's why his target rate was higher than his target share. But he was earning targets. He tore his Achilles uh, close to the end of the season. People just kind of wrote him off, which is understandable. Achilles tear at 29 years old. It's understandable. But he looks like he's been recovering well and he's been earning targets again on the field and so right now he's close to 50th in projected points for wide receiver this week but he can finish as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three if Jones just locks into him and he becomes a target hog for the game
2: I like that man I mean what the hell was going on with Kenny Galladay and all these other Giants receivers it feels like they just kind of fell out of faith here a little bit you know so I I I I I agree. I don't love playing any Giants outside of Saquon Barkley in my lineup. But like if you need a guy this week, Sterling Shepard is a really good look. And man, hats off to him and J-Rob for coming back from those Achilles. I did not expect to see this type of performance this early from Shepard.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was on Shepard last week for some weird reason. I don't remember the, ex- I think it was when Keenan Allen went down. I looked up Shepard and he looked like a great pivot and he's proven that he's the number one wide receiver in this offense. I'm pretty sure Kenny Galladay is done. Canary's Tony is toast. Daniel Bellinger. Like yeah, who, are yeah. they gonna throw? who are they going to throw the ball to? It's going to be Bellinger. Yeah. We saw him get the TD grab last week, but I think Shepard is pretty where you're going to get him right now, which is for nothing. I think he is a steal. Good call, man.
2: Yeah, I really like that one, Akash. I, I think that's some smart fantasy management there. We'll go ahead and roll into my Sure thing Sleeper of the Week as we round out the show. Again, if there's any final start-sit trade questions, f- feel free to send them our way. We'll do our best to answer them for you as we wrap up Feel Good Friday. So I'm just going to go out and first say, like, this hasn't happened yet, but Chris Olave is in for a massive game soon when you look at what he's doing right now. He is not only leading the league in air yards, 321 of them. He's leading the league in deep targets, seven of them. They just haven't really come to fruition for him yet. But he is participating on 95.9% of these routes in New Orleans. As much as Michael Thomas, he's seeing the field more than Thomas, more than Jarvis Landry, juice as they call him. Um, And I think this is the week that you can actually expect that big payday. The Panthers secondary, they've been good. JC Horn, that gang over there, they have played all right. But when you think about like last week, like Giants receivers, Richie James and David Sills combined for eight receptions, 88 yards on these guys. So I don't think this is a premier group. And I think for once, like Chris Olave, it's going to come to fruition. I think he's going to catch a deep ball and get in the end zone. I mean, you've got to love the usage you guys have been seeing out of Olave.
0: Absolutely, yeah. What you said is absolutely true where he's been getting the air yards and deep targets. So definitely it only takes one play and then you have a high ceiling play for the week.
1: Yep, I agree. And Carolina, their secondary has been good, but the rest of that defense isn't good at all. So uh, he's going to have plenty of time in the pocket to throw the ball. Yeah. I, I think it's a great call. Awesome. Awesome. Gosh, what kind of Wi-Fi
2: you got up there at Boston University, man? <laughs> I got
0: school Wi-Fi. <laughs>
2: I would think you guys would have, like, you know, the, the whole power grid of the city or something up there, man. I You know, you're paying oh. tuition up there. I th- thought they'd have better Wi-Fi for you. My we friend. got
0: university Wi-Fi. It is what it is. It's all right. It's been okay. acting a little weird this morning. I guess it's not morning anymore. I just woke up at 1 o'clock, so it's you
2: go. A <laughs> little, little thirsty, thirsty Thursday for you out there at Boston. Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. How far are you from Harvard?
0: Uh, I think, like, less than an hour but it's definitely nothing walkable i don't think okay. i don't know i never go down there
2: okay do you not like the ivy leaguers got a little beef with them
0: yeah i know so preppy and so uh privileged with them.
2: <laughs> we love it guys we have one more question for you Kosh. if you have some time to hang around here from zion hey man good to see you first time in the chat hope you stick around with IVT. subscribe to the channel hey how do you guys feel about curtis samuel and amari cooper and christian kirk I have all three of these guys. Should I sell high?
0: <sighs> um that's tough. I don't know. Redraft trading is so hard to me. It's just there's no like there's no like key trade cut for redraft. So I I never know like week to week what to sell guys for. But just based off like the seeing people's reactions, I think selling high on Amari and Christian Kirk is viable. Right now they're both really out kicking their like career averages for performance and so they're going to come back down to earth Curtis Samuel I'm not sure there's that much of a market for him maybe if like you're in a league where people just look at points like a casual league and like oh he's had like back-to-back games of good points like his uses he's been out kicking his usage for sure but like like people who aren't as casual aren't going to be trading for him but if they're just looking at points they could trade for him but all these guys are definitely
2: still high candidates because they're all out outkicking their usage or
0: out kicking their career performances and so I, I like it yeah
2: Nate, how do you feel about this one? Zion's telling us his RBs are Eckler, Josh Jacobs, receivers Kirk, Amon-Ra, Keenan, Hollywood, and Cooper. So he's got some depth at receiver. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'd I'd probably sell on Curtis Samuel because I think he's at least likely to continue producing. I'm probably going to hold Mari Cooper because he seems to be gelling with Jacoby Brissett, and I think he's a key to the offense. But if you're in position, I mean, get rid of all three. If you want to pick up some other parts, you might probably use some running back help.
2: Yeah, I I would honestly like wait for Hollywood to have a big game here in the next week or two. And then I would move Hollywood if you have Hollywood on on your roster because his target share is going to go down when D-Hop comes back. It hasn't been very great with the Cardinals so far this season. Um, I like Kirk. Like I think Kirk's going to be steady this entire season. Curtis Samuel, you know, there is a little volatility to that, as Nate was saying. Um, but I mean, if you got to sell one, one or two of these guys high to get like a stud, another stud RB or a really stud wide receiver, I don't mind doing that at all. Zion, he has another question here for us. Should I try to move those receivers for a better RB two or throw Eckler in with one of those receivers and get Saquon? No, I'm, I'm not throwing Eckler in with a, with a, uh, one of those receivers to get Saquon. Definitely not. I'd look to build a- and get another RB2. Like package Jacobs and maybe one of those receivers that you don't like as much and then go after a better yeah. RB2, in my opinion. How do you feel about that, Akash?
0: Yeah, I definitely like that. I actually don't mind Eckler plus a receiver for Saquon. That's a that's way play. Yeah. Eckler's not going to be top five, or top five like he was last year. Uh, he he could be, like, and Saquon's probably going to contend for being the RB1 overall, so I don't mind that. So like okay. like I said before, you know, power law. Anything you can do to get, like, top three, top one players on your team, you should do it.
2: Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Got a little Saquon love. Man, the Penn State love is good today. We, we had some Jahan love here. Had a little Miles Sanders love. Now a little Saquon love. I'm feeling it good, man. We got a tailgate um, 7 o'clock sharp tomorrow morning right down the road. So I'm going to be ready for that. I'm going to be pounding the ground for our Penn State boys here, Nate.
1: Of course you are. Hopefully they win. I don't pay enough attention to college football this time of year.
2: It's Central Michigan if we don't. Oh, we yeah, if you don't. Yeah, that's a question.
0: Yeah, y'all got it.
2: Uh, Akash, how can we uh, best support you and find you for the rest of the 2022 fantasy football season, our friend? You
0: find me on Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy. And from there, you know, follow me and then I'll just drop everything I've been doing. I've just been chilling on Twitter, though.
2: Awesome. Um, one more question here from Zion, and then we'll let you go here. AJ Dylan for Hollywood and Samuel. No. I do love, I do love AJ Dylan, but that's I would go that's like kind of steep. Hollywood and someone else would be fine for me for AJ Dylan, but but not Samuel as well. I think that's too much value you're giving up. you agree there, Nate? Yeah, it's too much. Okay. Um, Zion, if you have more questions, feel free to to put them uh in the chat. Feel free to drop them in the comments of this show and we'll work on them over the weekend. You can also find Nate at on Twitter at Nate Polvo and me at between underscore Seth FF. Nate, this has been a lot of fun, my friend. Um, yes. if you guys are new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in today. It was awesome to see so many new faces. Please give us a like, give us a subscribe. It's the easiest way to support us here at In Between Media as we continue to bring you feel good lifestyle advice and fantasy sports advice throughout the entire 2022 calendar year. Guys, we will be back on Sunday, Connor and I, with some DFS, with some betting advice. Until then, guys, keep in between. Follow Akash on Twitter and have a great, a great week three of the NFL season. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice
1: and some fantasy football advice.